Welcome to Back on the Grind, a podcast about life, music, people, and the stories that bring us closer. I'm Will, also known as Folk Punk Dad, and I'm so excited about today's conversation with my dear friend, Miles Bellin. Miles is an accomplished songwriter, musician, traveler, spoken word poet, and hip-hop artist. And today we talk about community, loneliness, and in our bonus Patreon episode, grief. I couldn't think of a better person to talk about these topics with. Enjoy this episode as we bring you closer to Miles Butler. Hey, Miles, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing all right. <laughs> it's uh, it's good to see you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Happy to be here. So today we're talking a bit about community. And I just thought I'd, I'd start off with asking you about a community that you've been a part of that has meant a lot to you. Community that I've been a part of, it means a lot. Um... Well, the first thing that came to mind is uh, the internet. Mm. It's kind of a big one. Yeah. But, you know, I'm... Yeah, I feel like I've... uh, I feel like the internet has been, you know, using the internet to connect to people is like... Has been a huge source for me uh, of feeling a sense of belonging... And um, I guess it's like validating my experience as like, you know, uh, a, a person who like needs to connect to people, even if you can't physically be in the same space mm-hmm. um, and to just meet people all around the world, all mm-hmm. over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's led to some of my like best friends have come from meeting on the Internet mm-hmm. Um finding each other on the internet. Yeah. So I'd say that that's a, that's a pretty general broad one, but yeah. like, but using, yeah, just using the tools of like, uh, the online space, I think has been a huge, mm. uh, help for me. I totally resonate with that. I had no idea when I started TikTok that it would lead to, that made me sound like I invented TikTok. I had no idea when I, <laughs> signed up for a TikTok account um, that it would lead to some of my best friendships in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including us. Yeah. Including us. Yeah. Um, are there, do you find that there are like specific um, communities online that are especially meaningful or is it more just like being able to connect with individuals and making community that way? Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, one thing that that really helped me over, you know, um, like like when when the pandemic started in twenty twenty, and everyone was at home, 
um, I found like I was going to like zooming into a lot of live stream concerts um, and just like discovering artists that way and performing uh, and being a part of like lineups that I'd never thought I'd be a part of Mm -hmm. like overseas and stuff like playing with artists from Germany or Mm -hmm. Switzerland or Australia, like all over the world, people were all kind of building these like festivals, these online festivals where you get Mm -hmm. to perform with artists from all over the world. And I just thought that that was such a cool thing that we could have been doing for much longer than we have been. But all of a sudden it was like cool to do it or it was like accessible or it was exciting to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of, that's really how I really integrated with fake four as well. Like I'd always been, you know, a fan of fake four and I've, you know, have been supported by artists on there, but like doing the fake four live streams that they were doing, um, was just such a, an amazing way to like meet the community, like meet the fans, like meet this community of people who weren't aware of me, uh, for the first time. Uh, so that was really, you know, a, a lot about like online, you know, concerts and just like, social media like uh you know doing instagram lives you know stuff like that just like random little social media bursts Mm -hmm. of like connecting with people Mm -hmm. has led me to um like physically visit people all Mm -hmm. over all around the world you know i've been able to tour the world and i i owe a lot of that to some of the connections i made just like being present mm. on the internet <laughs> just being on social media it's so. kind of it's kind of amazing um we often think about the ways that social media and technology might contribute might contribute to loneliness or isolation but they're really amazing tools that have the potential to um connect us i think the key is how we use them you know it's how are you using them um is it a way that is meaningful or is it a way that is you know not intentional or um even harmful i'd love to talk a little bit about fake four what do you love about that community and why do you think it works as a community um yeah i love how weird it is (laughs) i love how it like it's a place for like artists and musicians who might not belong or fit anywhere else um it's a place for like uh multi-genre artists like artists who can play several instruments and fit into several different genres and at the same time not fit anywhere at all because of that it's a place where um yeah where you kind of like fake four has always been to me a, a thing i wanted to be a part of this, since the day i you know you know i discovered chesky and um I remember being like, oh, this is like, this would feel like home to me. This would feel like a place I, I, I belong. Um, and that was 10 years ago, you know, 12 years ago. 
So, so yeah. So in one, in one element, it's just like something I've always admired from afar and respected and kind of like, you know, wish I had in my life. And now I'm coming from a place of just sincere gratitude that they mm. like my stuff. <laughs> I mean, it just makes so much sense that you're on fate four it. And it makes sense that you feel at home there. And, you know, I know that you're a really beloved member of that community. Yeah. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what does community mean to you? What does being a part of a community mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even what mean? Is it, what is it? What's community anyway? What is it? You know, some of my earliest memories of community are uh, <laughs> like hanging out with my grandma. Mm. And like my grandma would like to go to church. And so she would like, when I was like seven, and my mom would be working. She's a, you know, single mom for off and on for most of my childhood. She'd be like working as a waitress all, you know, every weekend. And so on Sundays, my grandma would like drag me to church. And, and I just thought it was so boring. I was just like, this is so fucking boring. I don't want to be here. This is like, I want to be doing anything other than like sitting and like listening to people talk. You know, it's so boring as a kid. But, and so she would send me to like, I'd, I'd have to go to Sunday school with all the other kids. And sometimes I liked that because my cousins would go and we'd all play and like, that was fun. But every once in a while, I would stay with her. I'd be like, I don't want to go. I want to stay. And we'd sit right up front, right in front of um, the choir. And then my grandma would stand up. She'd make me stand up. She'd be reading from this book, this lyrics, and they'd start singing. And then the whole room would just start singing. And then I look up at my grandma, and she would she'd have just tears just like rolling down her eyes, and she'd be swaying side to side, she'd be singing. And what I and I was always wondering what she was looking at. And she was staring at her sister, my aunt. You know, my aunt Juanita was in the choir singing. So she would just be looking at her sister, crying, singing. And I remember that was the first time I was like, whoa, this is some like <laughs> magic. This is some like weird, mystical, unearthly thing happening where all these people's voices are all tuning in together and they're feeling something. And even though I didn't feel anything in that moment about singing or about what they were talking about, just being with my grandma and seeing her so moved, I think that's my first like real experience with how powerful a community can be mm. um, for an individual, for a single person. Mm. It was like, mm -hmm. that was really important for her. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing that. And I yeah. love that music was an integral part of that experience. And I was yeah. wondering, maybe we could chat a little bit about the role of music in community and music's mm. ability to create community. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> do you think that there is something special about music in terms of its ability to bring people together and create community? 
I hope so. <laughs> what do you think that is? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> I hope I believe that. <laughs> I decided to make this is my life for the next <laughs> six years. <laughs> I hope. I hope I believe in that still. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Why? Um, yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Put put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess to counter that is like, why not? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Why not use music? Um, I think uh, I think people people need art. People need to digest truth mm. in obscure ways, mm. <clears throat> in like abstract or puzzling ways like mm. we like things that aren't necessarily um simple we like <laughs> to complicate life and complicate truth mm. and i think art is a way of like just making feelings come alive like making mm. difficult thought processes and emotions mm. we like make these invisible truths uh, we make them exist. Like we mm. give them some sort of frame. Mm. We kind of like decorate our feelings or our thoughts or our ideas in a way that is seen. Mm. And it's not, maybe not visually seen, but it's seen in a way where we can, um, I don't know, relate or build some sort of bridge from a thing that we thought we could never express. And then someone else might express it through music. And then we're like, oh, wow. I needed that. Like I needed mm. that representation of my feelings uh, to be heard. And um, so I think, I think there's some people who will never be able to create that and then, but they will always be able to receive it. Mm. And then on the other end, some people are like really good at creating feelings and, um, you know, expressing themselves and might not necessarily know how to replicate someone else's, but mm. they can do their own. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, th I think music is just another way of communicating things that are hard to communicate. Yeah, I love that. And <laughs> some of what I heard, if I were to sort of summarize some of what you said, is that music can help create community because it communicates truth and feelings um, yeah. in ways that are particularly effective um ways that are more effective than just telling someone um, yeah. because so often our feelings and truth are so beyond what we can just articulate with words or speaking and we need the tools of art and music to express the full range of truth and emotion yeah, and a lot and a lot of music is just is nonverbal anyways. A lot mm -hmm. of music is just is just uh groove, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Getting people to move. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I I think a lot about how essential music is in creating community and something I've I've thought about before and that I've I've read somewhere as well is that um, singing doesn't just strengthen community. Singing creates community. Like if mm. you get people together to sing regularly, you'll create some sort of community just with that activity. Yeah. Um, 
So what do you think are the important elements of creating community? What, what has to be there in order for community to happen? Um, uh, I have to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have to show up. Mm -hmm. I have to be present and willing to, um, I don't know, contribute to other people's lives. I think community is, uh, can be simple and easy if, if, uh, something's in place already. Mm. Like you were saying, like, you know, a function that happens all the time. Like people, like it's, it, it, it depends, you know, it depends on building something from the ground up requires, I think, a lot more work than just joining something that's already built, right? So if I wanted to create something of my own, I'd have to really be present and show up and mm-hmm. um, kind of facilitate. I think I think a lot of com- I think community needs facilitator um, to keep you know to keep things on track and but just to be a part of a community, there's just there's so many. I think you just we're guided by interest. You know, we follow things that we're into and that motivate us or inspire us or relax us or excite us. So I think in order to be a part of community, the first thing you should do is just like follow your interests and follow your like like what you want. Um, and then there's probably already people doing it that you could join <laughs> to be a part of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. That. Um, yeah, that leads me into my next question, which was going to be, if someone is looking for community, what advice would you give them? Yeah. And it sounds like you've already been giving that advice. Show up, have a willingness to contribute, yeah. find things that are interesting and that, and other people who are interested in them. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes we have stuff to offer and sometimes we don't. And that's another thing, important thing is like hmm. people, you know, I've often like, I've I've retreated from joining things that I want to join because I feel like I don't have anything to offer. And this mm. the negative side effect to that is that being present, like showing up to to most things is enough. Just being there is is contributing your mm-hmm. body and your mind is a lot. And we got to like remember that when we feel we might feel like a lack or oh I'm not going to bring anything to this. I'm just going to be filling up space and and in most cases just showing up is enough you know showing up is a lot and you 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 never know what you could be needed for how you could be of service when you're there which is why i say the first step is just show up with no excuses you know if like if you want to learn how to salsa dance you don't need to know how to salsa dance before you go to the workshop that teaches you how to salsa dance right the whole idea is to go and learn or you know be around other people who are good at that thing. So yeah, if you, yeah, if you suck at something, if you're insecure about doing it or you don't think you have enough, like that's the exact reason you should go, (laughs) you know, you know, Oh, I, I don't think I should go to this protest because I'm not informed enough. I don't know enough about the thing. Well, go to the protest and I guarantee you're going to learn a lot, you know, like go to the thing, learn the, learn the stuff you want to be involved in, you know, by being there. 
Absolutely. Yeah. What you were saying about showing up being enough, uh, a phrase that I've been saying a lot lately is listening is always a contribution. Mm. And I think that's so true. And I think a lot of people forget that. That's so um, real. Yeah. Yeah. You're a real one for that, folk punk. <laughs> so what elements make something not conducive to community? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't I'm not sure either. I that was a that was an improvised question. Um I think I think um yeah, I think a lot of these questions are so vague because cause community can mean a lot of different things to different people. Yeah. It can mean three people, it can mean three million people. Mm -hmm. And right. the volume at which the community is formed and the subject matter in which it's formed change how I'm going to answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, they're pretty open-ended. I could say um, like, oh, if the community meets in the basement every Sunday and then the basement floods, well, that's not very conducive <laughs> to Yeah. You know, I guess I was thinking, um, <laughs> you know, thinking about what works about community, showing up, having a willingness. Um, and I think something that's really important is like safety and the ability to be yourself and feel yeah. like it's safe to be yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's really key in community. And I think when community doesn't work, when people try to attempt it and it fails, I think a lot of it has to do with it not being safe um, yeah. and people feeling like they can't be themselves, that they can't bring their whole selves to a space. Um, and I, th I think that is often tied to judgment. So yeah. if a if someone's trying to create a community and it's unsafe and judgmental, um, and people feel like they can't be themselves, well, they're not going to have a good community. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, and if like, yeah, I think you just said it. You said it mm -hmm. well. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's it's hard. You know, it's hard to like be ideal. <laughs> all the time mm -hmm. you know like i think we can always work towards being non-judgmental and open but mm -hmm. you know i think that's a very human common flaw is that we are judgmental creatures by nature and we have to work really hard to not be mm -hmm. you know to mm -hmm. accept people that we don't agree with or or try mm -hmm. to understand things we don't understand and yeah you know. yeah and that might be why people feel lonely a lot of the time is because it's it's t requires a lot of vulnerability and risk mm, mm -hmm. to make connections with people and to build relationships that aren't already that you're not just like born into or forced into or just there by situation you know mm -hmm. like you have to like build new relationships and building deep you know strong relationships requires like taking a risk and being vulnerable and like mm -hmm. opening up to being wrong or if you know or to like apologizing or 
you know, it, yeah. it, it's like all of these things. And I think it keeps people lonely because they're so afraid of making mistakes. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I've been so afraid to like hurt someone's feelings or say the wrong thing that it's, it's kept me from even trying to build a relationship with them. And then I look back at that and I'm like, oh wait, that's so, that's so silly because building connections is the most fulfilling thing I have in my life. You know, mm-hmm. building relationships mm-hmm. is like the thing that brings me the most joy. And if my fear is keeping me from doing that, I'm only going to become lonely as a consequence. Mm. You know? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I think that's that's right on that relationship between fear and loneliness, I think is really powerful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, and then it can kind of turn into this cycle where someone is so afraid to engage that they don't engage and then they don't have practice engaging. And then when they do engage, they're fearful about it. And maybe they might stumble over their words and then continue to think, oh, it's not worth engaging. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so again, I think creating those spaces that where people feel safe to be themselves and safe to make mistakes and safe yeah. to be aw- awkward, making awkwardness a norm, saying like, you know, yeah. Everybody's a little bit awkward, and that's okay. That's expected, you know. Um, that's part of being human, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and like we, yeah, if we have like these defense mechanisms up in places where we are safe, that can also be a mm-hmm. part of the problem. You know, you mm-hmm. can have a safe place, but if somebody is going in there with a defensive mindset because they're expecting to be hurt, even in a place where they're not like yeah threatened then then it's like then it's hard to know what which which is the thing that needs the work you know which is the mm-hmm. thing that needs to change because the space can be completely you know healthy and positive and conducive for for that and then the people in the space can be expecting something else and therefore transform the space you know yeah. with the yeah with the mindset of fear yeah i think that's a really good point and i think that brings it back to what you were saying about facilitation. You know, it's it's really important for communities to have intentionality around them, like thinking yeah. about how we gather. Um, it, there's a book um, called The Art of Gathering where um, the author talks about, like, so often we, like, get together and we don't think about why we're doing it or the best ways to do it. Like, Mm. Oh, this is what always happens at a birthday party. This is what always happens at a wedding. This is what always happens at a funeral. Instead of thinking like, why are we doing this? And what can we do to like fully lean into that purpose? Uh, What creative imaginative ways can we gather in order to make people feel safe and have a meaningful experience and, you know, be there for the reason we're there. You know, yeah. and not fulfilling some societal expectation. I love that. I'm all about transforming um, a tradition, like or like you know, just like kind of dismantling a tradition that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> and creating a new ritual or like a new experience um, mm-hmm. in yeah. a like sterile or like boring setting. You know, I we've talked about this before, but it's like my favorite thing is to make boring things fun, Mm -hmm. you know, like standing Mm -hmm. in line, (laughs) 
yeah. or going to a funeral. Funerals can be sad and mundane, but they can also be fun. Like funerals mm-hmm. can be fun. Funerals can have joy. Like mm-hmm. there can be like moments of like absolute like fun and laughter and connection with the people that are there that celebrate life. You know, they don't all have to be doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah. There's lots of like things that are like, yeah, set in stone, like you were saying, that have these traditions of like how we are supposed to be um, in in set in certain settings. And I love, you know, my anarchist heart says like, let's disrupt this. Let's make this new. Let's make this like mm-hmm. our own. You know? Yeah. Make it relevant. And, make it relevant. And you know, let the gathering. Let the gathering also be attuned to the time and the place and the material and what's going on. You know, just like we need to listen as human beings and have like attentiveness and attention, we need our our rituals and our practices to also basically be in a place of listening and intention. Um, another one of my favorite quotes is listening is the willingness to change. Because if you're not willing to change, you're you're not really truly listening. Um, it needs to yeah. be open-minded to an extent, and so I think that goes not just for human beings, but for institutions, for traditions, for you know, fill in the blank. Um, yeah, we need to be willing to change if if anything's going to change. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, well, Miles, when we started talking, I kind of dove right into the subject matter, uh, didn't really, uh, have any lead into it, but I was, was wondering if we could kind of circle back a little bit and if you could share with our listeners just a little bit about how you got into music, how you started doing what you're doing and just share a little bit of your story, any aspects of it that you, uh, feel inclined to share. Yeah, sure. Well, I was, you know, I've been kind of lucky with having early influences to being creative. Um, I grew up, you know, with my cousins um, who are all super creative people. And um, as a child, you know, like as early as I can remember, nine, ten years old, um, you know, and you know, my mom always played music in the house. My stepdad was super into music. Um, and then me and my cousins would make music. You know, we would record on little tapes and write rhymes and make uh, homemade instruments like drum kits out of coffee cans. And yeah, we really, we really were innovators, you know. <laughs> So that's kind of like how I, you know, I, I just I kind of fell in love with play and just learning how to play. And I think I think theater was really involved as well, like making scripts and films and improving and acting as a part of like music and, you know, making comic books. And so I kind of got into all that really young. And then it was and then when I was like 16. I started really getting into poetry and kind of pursuing writing lyrics and um, recording and kind of delving into that world. Um, mostly, 
you know, writing about like true things about my life at the time and experiences I was going through and my relationship with my family. And, um, and then I, then I, uh, got sober and then a lot of my writing kind of was catered to like, uh, I guess figuring out what that means. Um, so I started just like kind of writing a lot about my experience with, with drugs and, um, trauma and yeah. And then now uh, here I am just still doing that. <laughs> well, it's, it's an awesome thing to do. Um, yeah, it's really awesome. Um, I, you know, I love that you talked a little bit about play and yeah. improv and I think, you know, tying that back into community, I think that's a really important part of community that some people might forget or neglect. Yeah. But if it's not there, the community's really dead. Yeah. 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 Play is a, another, that's another example of risk, you know, it's like mm-hmm. why it's worthy, like why it's worth, you know, like it makes taking the risk worth it. Like being playful, being silly, being goofy, mm. the fear of like, Oh, maybe this won't land. I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all of those are risks, you know? So mm-hmm. being comfortable mm-hmm. and safe enough, feeling safe enough to make those, you know, to take those risks and um, is always worth it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always worth it to be playful instead of, you know, scared or insecure or angry or judgmental or all those other feelings that could come from the resistance of play. Usually if you're resisting play, there's something not good that you're replacing it with Mm. that doesn't feel good in your body. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I want to be angry or I want to feel disconnected from my family. (laughs) Right. Nobody wants those feelings as much as we're going to feel them anyways. um, Mm. If we do have a choice to choose play, um, Mm. it's usually a good choice. Like there's a few situations where it could be not good, but I'd say most, most times being playful is um, the best choice to make. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, I think play is an activity, but it's also a mindset. Yeah. You can do a lot of different things playfully. And I, I've i been reading about play recently, and I've heard it described as um, purposeless but meaningful. Oh, And wow. I think that, you know, when we play, there's also like a, a, like a sense that we're out of time. Like there's just flow, like you lose track of time. Yeah. Yeah. Flow state. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a flow state and it play requires a relaxed awareness, Mm. which is, which is one of the key elements of connecting with someone. Um, having a relaxed awareness and, and listening and understanding and being present and responding the call and response of life, you know, I think that, so play is also essential in connection and in, 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 you know, alleviating loneliness and um, bringing us together. And I would even say play is essential in love. If you have a loving relationship where there's no play, it's, it's, that's 
seems like an oxymoron to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but that's also because we're like really good friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, and but you know, it sounds like oh, all you got to do is play. It's not easy though. So that's mm -hmm. the thing mm -hmm. that I want to like you know kind of say again is that it does require you to be brave you know mm -hmm. i mean unless you're in it, it again it the environment is everything right if you're mm -hmm. surrounded by people who you trust um that love you that will support you no matter what and they're also all positive then mm. being playful is easy right because it's facilitated <laughs> there right but the, the reality is a lot of people who are probably listening to this may not have a community like that they may not mm. have ever been exposed to feeling safe in a group of people they may not have ever been nourished with play in their lives so so to learn play as an adult or as a young adult for the first time is very scary you know it's a very because mm. you know when i was like i'm i'm teaching you know my parents how to be playful again you know, mm -hmm. I'm teaching, you know, people who are 10, 20, 30 years older than me how to be playful again, like it's their first time. Mm -hmm. And um, and it takes a lot of bravery um, because you have to kind of like – and there's another like dissolving of your ego. There's, a, there's another thing of like, oh, I have to like put my identity aside and become this new thing in the moment. You know, mm -hmm. I have to like pretend like I'm something else. And mm – -hmm. um, and I just think that, yeah, I think it's a it's a worthy thing to do, and it's not going to be easy if you're trying it for the first time to be like playful mm -hmm. with someone who you may have never had that relationship with, but like initiating it is a great idea, and I mm -hmm. highly you know recommend it to anyone who's got some like stern um <laughs> kind of like flatlined people in their lives who are just like, "Oh my God, this guy, you know, like start a joke." Like, make jokes, have fun, be weird, be goofy, and you never know what that relationship can shift, like 180, what that could turn into. <clears throat> I totally agree. I think that's <laughs> well said. Well, Miles, we're about at the end of our time for this episode, and I just want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and sharing your thoughts and your whole self with us. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it <was> easy. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. It was such a delight to get to talk with Miles about community and play and these subjects that I think they so embody and that we don't talk about enough. If you would like to hear Miles and I talk about grief, you can check out that episode on Patreon, patreon.com slash back on the grind. If you'd like to sign up and consider supporting us, we would really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can also sign up for Pepe's coffee. He'll mail you a bag or two of coffee a month. And if you sign up for Bandit Coffee Roasters, you also get free downloads of the songs that our artists share with us that are unreleased elsewhere. Thanks so much for listening to Back on the Grind, and we'll see you next time.